This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. We uh, are so glad to be a part of this church. Um, this is special for me this morning. The first Sunday we came, uh, Pastor Wayne was preaching, and I really felt the Spirit just really impress upon me uh, that this was our community. And uh, I don't do this very often, but I went forward uh, for prayer uh, because the pastor offered it. And uh, Wayne uh, prayed over me and has been a part of my healing in my own life. And I'm just so grateful to him and all the elders and the leaders of this church. Um, and it's been, a, it's been an interesting season coming in new because a year ago we came in and we were looking around and, and it, was a, it was a bunch of strangers uh, we didn't really know anybody here. And just over this last year, it's been interesting to see friendships come out of that. And so even now, as I'm looking around, I'm seeing many friends, and I'm so grateful uh, to all of you, uh, the body of Christ. And I'm grateful for Brother Jenga, his sermon last week, uh, because uh, he came right out of his place, his culture, his context and spoke out of that experience. You know, we're all here coming from different places, but we're all going in the same direction. Amen? Amen. <laughs> right? We're making this journey of life uh, together. Um, that's the joy of doing church together and coming together, because life is hard. It's really hard. And uh, we, we need one another, and we, we, we need each other's gifts. And so uh, I'm, I feel really honored by the elders to ask me to come up and share with you. Uh, my background is, is I'm a teacher. Uh, I, I wish I could preach like Wayne, uh, but you're going to get a teacher this morning. But uh, one of the things a teacher gets to do is a teacher gets to think deeply about truth. And, and I've been meditating on this beautiful thing about called love. And uh, it's the center of our passage this morning. So stand up if you would. And uh, we're going to read the passage together. It's Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Paul writes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The Word of God. Have you ever wondered why what is most important in life? Uh, when everything's said and done, the things that really matter are invisible. Why is it that what's most important we cannot see? And of these invisible realities, the second greatest is love. No one will deny the importance of love. Anybody who's lived some life discovers that truth. I could quote anybody, so I'm going to quote Iggy Pop, the uh, godfather of punk who uh, recently sat down with Anthony Bourdain, uh, who hosts a travel show. And it's kind of a funny scene because uh, Iggy Pop 
led a really intense life. And here, he and Anthony Bourdain, who also lived a very intense life, they're sitting together at a health restaurant in Florida after both of them had worked out, and they're eating this healthy food together. And, and Bourdain was kind of laughing at the irony of the scene, and he noticed that Pop had changed, or at least he really wasn't seeming to be like the persona that he conveyed to people. And so he said, what is it? What have you learned? in life. And Iggy Pop turned to him and he said, being loved and actually appreciating the people who are giving that to me. And Bourdain looked mesmerized by that. And that scene haunts me and it makes me sad because maybe as some of you know, uh, Anthony Bourdain committed suicide a week ago alone in a hotel room in France. We all know that love is real, but love is invisible. We can't see it. You know, you might see a young couple in a coffee shop and they're holding hands, looking into each other's eyes, listening to one another, enraptured by one another, and you may conclude that they're in love, but you're not seeing love. You're seeing the effect of love. Also, the effect of love can look very different depending on the relationship. We often associate love with passion in this culture, as with that couple in the coffee shop. But I remember as a child surprising my grandparents who were uh, uh, celebrating their anniversary. And uh, they went to Red Lobster because that's where my family went when it was a really fancy occasion. Yeah, that or Sizzler. <laughs> and so I remember walking in as a kid, seeing my grandparents, and they weren't holding hands. They weren't even talking. They were just quietly enjoying one another's presence. Not long ago, I went for a walk in a park, and there was a young mother there who, to me, looked really exhausted. And she had a, a, a kid, and kid just wanted to play, right? And I saw her flick her cigarette, pick up her kid, and go and begin to sw swing with him, right? Not imagining how tired she was. And then I turned around, and I saw a, a, a girl pushing her grandmother in a wheelchair, and I didn't hear the whole conversation, but the grandmother looked depressed. All I heard was, you have to come to the party, Grandma. We love you. Right? We, we, we see the effect of love everywhere. And we may not be able to see what love is, but no one would deny the reality of love. And we can identify love. Whenever we see these two things, commitment and intimacy, Paul says that love is long-suffering. It endures all things. The couple in the coffee shop may be in love. They may be beginning a journey together that will lead to marriage and family and so on. But there's no doubt that my grandparents loved each other after 50 years of commitment, 
Many of us fear intimacy because it requires vulnerability and sharing. We've experienced the opposite of love, hatred. We also may harbor some bitterness and wounding in our own hearts because of our past experiences. And instead of opening ourselves to love, we hide behind a persona or a mask. Why? Because love is hard. And this puts us in a really difficult situation because I think everybody in this room aspires to love. Don't you wish you could love more? Bring more love to your relationships? We all wish we could love more, but we're overwhelmed by the cost. But God makes love possible. John says that God is love. And what he means by that is that love ultimately comes from God. And also God is the one who is able to sustain love when human beings fail. We see the effect of God's love in his son, Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus made a commitment to you and I on the night of his betrayal when he said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And he made himself vulnerable by dying on a cross. He allowed himself to be stripped naked, to be impaled, to be mocked and ridiculed. Why? To show God's love to us. Not only did he commit himself to us and make himself vulnerable, Jesus also invites you and I to intimacy with him. On the night that he was betrayed, he also said, abide in me and I will be with you. Right? Live life with me. Brothers and sisters, we're about to celebrate communion. We're about to come up here and take from the body in the blood of Christ, we're going to ingest that. What could be more intimate than that? And so God has demonstrated his love to us. He has shown that love through the commitment and vulnerability of his son. But God not only modeled love, but as Paul says, he poured his love into our hearts. Can you fathom that? God has poured that impossible love that he demonstrated at the cross into you and I. Love is the first fruit of the Spirit. All the fruit of the Spirit flow out of love. Love is what makes that possible. And unlike human love, which is finite and limited, God's love is eternal and overwhelming. Someday, God's love is going to conquer all hatred. We often fail to love like God, but God is always calling us back to his love, right? And his love is never failing. In our passage, Paul wants us to grow up, to mature, to become adults, in our faith. Paul is calling us 
to be fully conformed to the image of the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. God is the first and greatest invisible reality. Amen? It's not accidental that when God shared his love with us in the Son, that God also revealed himself as triune, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, do you think God began to love after he created us? Was that just something that he fell into? The Bible tells us that God is love. And for God to be love, there had to be another. To love only oneself is not love, but narcissism. Are you hearing me? (laughs) And God is not a narcissist. God is a father who loves the son and a son who loves the father. But God is also the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. It's really hard for us to understand. How can God be one and be three? It's a mystery. Today's Father's Day. And thinking about myself as a dad, it's helped me understand just a little bit of this mystery you know, my wife Tiffany and I, we, we fell in love 24 years ago, 25 years ago. And uh, I committed to her, and she committed to me, and we got married. And I thought I knew what love was, I, it, it, and I did know what love was. But something remarkable happened, right? The Bible talks about becoming one flesh with someone, Right? And out of that union came Livia, our daughter. And anyone here who's a parent knows that you think you understand love when you get married, but you really discover what love is after you have kids, right? (laughs) Right? Because that takes you into a deeper understanding of what love is all about, right? Because love at this point has turned into a community right? You've known couples that can get introverted and self-focused and unhealthy, but what happens when they turn outward, right? The word community is something we use a lot at Redemption Alhambra. The word comes from the Latin communis, which means shared in common. My daughter, Livia, is someone that Tiffany and I share in common so that we are now a community of love or a family, right? God designed all this in our human relationships to teach us something beautiful. God designed this so that we could understand something of the Trinity, There is only one God. God is one, but God is also three persons and therefore a community of love. God is love. And this beautiful mystery is why Paul links love with truth. And here's a point I want you to hear. Paul links love with truth in this passage because we cannot love who we don't know. 
when we come to see that God is three persons in love with one another, who has invited us into the family as sons and daughters, we were created in God's image to reflect that reality. God has invited us as sons and daughters into that family. When we see that reality, we fall more in love with God. Brothers and sisters, the more we know about God, the more it is to love God. Because God is love. Those who don't love God don't know God. You cannot know God and not fall in love with God because God is pure self-giving love. That's the great mystery of our faith. And that's what it's all about. To know God is to love God because God is love. According to Paul, as the body of Christ, the church... You and I are all joints connected to one another. And we grow up together, not in isolation. We're on this journey together, folks. <laughs> We're maturing together. It's not about someone being over the other person. It's not about making judgments about where we're at in the journey. The fact is, is we're all doing this together. We can't do it apart from one another. And we grow through truth and love. I learned this from a nurse. Um, she told me that in the hospitals, premature infants, when they're taken out of their incubators and held and loved, that they gain weight twice as fast as the babies that are left alone. Do you think that ever changes for us human beings? <laughs> What'd you say, brother? You've loved a lot. <laughs> we just keep gaining weight, right? <laughs> it's a sign of love. It's a good way to look at it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I was the one telling Mel she was giving the donuts away. I said, "Do you get a donut for each kid?" So, you got to. There you go. That's three more than me. The thing is, is we all, we all grow together and we, go through, we grow through the love and by loving one another. And this is a largely passive process, meaning I thought for a long time I could cause my own growth. I thought I could do it apart from people, right? I, I've been a pastor for 15 years. And I thought, well, if I just preach... I just teach, and I just do my own meditations and study, right? And, you know, I'm going to find this maturity. And it was an empty journey. Also, maturity can be a really frustratingly slow process. Because there are parts of us because of our past experiences and wounding that mature slower than others. 
In some ways, I'm very much an adult in my faith. In other ways, I'm very much a child. I've struggled with depression and anxiety most of my life. My mom tells me that there was a time when I was three in church, and, and I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. And I've got to be honest, I've got kind of a love-hate relationship with church. Because I've seen love and the transformative power of love, the love of God, but I've also seen the abuse of love in the church. And I've seen church get really ugly. I remember when I was a little kid, I turned to my mom and I said, my dad's the pastor of this church, isn't he? She said, yeah, he is. I looked around and I noticed that there were all these people. And you know what? I thought they were all judging me. And I became really self-conscious at that point. My mom says that she could like see this weight fall on my shoulders. And from that point on, I, I've really struggled with social anxiety. Well, actually, all kinds of anxiety. We can talk about it sometime. <laughs> we can Google, Google our symptoms together. But, I mean, it's an odd thing to talk about community and love. Why? Because I struggle with social anxiety. It's so much easier for me just to be by myself. It's terrifying to walk into rooms with people. But it's so interesting to discover through the Word of God, right, that that's, that's the only way out of these things. We need one another. And I'm learning to be patient with my own immaturity and not to judge others. <laughs> you know, patience is such a big part of the Christian life, isn't it? Love cannot be taken, it can only be given. We can't manipulate love. But there are three things that you and I, if we were to stop this morning and just think, and maybe settle our hearts a little bit and meditate just for a moment here, there are three things that allow us to enter into love. And I, with my anxiety, there have been times in my life where it kept me back from love. It kept me away from what I needed in life. And, and so... I share these with you just to hopefully encourage you, right? Especially if you're here this morning and you're feeling lonely and isolated. We need to commit ourselves to one another. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with visiting churches. Uh, Tiffany and I visited many churches before we, we made redemption our home. And this church may not be the church that God's calling you to. Uh, you may be here for a season of fellowship, and the Lord may be taking you somewhere. Um, this is not a cult. <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> they let me up here, so that's proof. But I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, to commit. Don't church shop. You know, pick a community. No one's perfect. No church is going to give you everything 
you want. And by the way, consumerism isn't the way. <laughs> it's not going to help you in the long run. Right? Just pick a broken community and join. <laughs> Dive in. You know? Go all in. That's, that's what I'm saying. Amen? Right? Go, go, go all in. <laughs> of the Christian life is staying. Right? Love is most real when, frankly, we don't even feel any emotions. Love is most real when you want a divorce. You just want to walk away. Commit. Number two, we need to share with one another. Right? I'm not talking about charity. I'm not talking about this thing where someone with a lot of stuff gives to someone inferior <laughs> and making that person dependent. I mean, that's, that's the world. That's ugliness. God actually designed through the Holy Spirit to empower every single one in this room to be an encouragement to each other. Right? It may be hard for you to understand, but the Lord has given you something to give, to share with others. And I encourage you to, to, to do that. Don't hoard. Share your resources. Share your food. Most importantly, share your presence with someone. Give someone your undivided attention, right? Because what people are seeking in this world is to be known, to be felt, right? And we can give that. It doesn't take any money just takes our attention and our care. And lastly, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. I hope you can hear this. I hope it doesn't sound too judgmental, but I'm convinced of the truth. Many people in our culture are lonely, disconnected, depressed, desperate, Many people around us, and maybe some of us here, are unloved because they are unknown. Right? There's always the temptation to lead a double life as a Christian, right? Because our faith is hard. Love is hard. It's easier to be two-faced. It's easier to put up a, a mask to pretend to be something you're not, right? But I tell you, you'll never be loved as a fake, And if you're ashamed of who you are, meditate on the fact that God knows who you are and God loves you supremely. (laughs) Right? And so I just, I want to encourage you to be vulnerable, right? Be careful. Don't be vulnerable with unsafe people, right? Not everybody is worthy of that. Jesus calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't, Don't give yourself to them. But if there's someone in your life who has committed to love you, trust, be vulnerable, commit, and share. We must be real with those who have committed to love us and are filled with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Father, I ask that um, you would make your presence felt here this morning. That we would feel your love in a palpable way. Lord, we can't see love, but we know it's real. So I pray that we'd be able to enter more fully into the effect of love, Lord, in the way that we care for one another. Lord, I pray that your spirit would continue to soften our hearts, to give us wisdom to see how we can be filled with your love, Lord, and to share that with others. I pray for those here this morning that may be feeling very unloved at this season of their life, Lord, that they would, not, they would know that they're not alone. I pray, Lord, that the church would be able to manifest your glory to to be an instrument of care to others. Father, I pray for your protection on this church, Lord, that we would be obedient to your word and that this would be a safe place for people to find you and be transformed by the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.